you watch the episode? <laughs> no, man. I was hoping you could just tell me about it, and we could uh, we could go that way. Is that cool? Is that cool with you? Yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh... Shoot. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. Hey, Anthony. How you doing? Doing okay, man. How are you doing? I've had a interesting day. No. It's, it, it's been good. I'm just, I, I, I'm really frustrated with the person in my life who I'm not related to, married to. I'm sorry. Uh, or or friends with. I'm sorry. Gives me constant consternation. It is not you. So. Oh, that's different. <laughs> but there, there is someone in my life who I, I deal with every day that makes me very angry and I don't is it a neighbor or a co-worker I I refuse to answer any question that may incriminate me in the future Uh, fair enough (laughs) both interesting interesting (laughs) all right man this episode is a bonus episode Star Trek Lower Decks season one episode four moist vessel yeah moist vessel are you one of those people that get weirded out by the word moist I love the word moist (laughs) Mostly because, almost exclusively because it, it upsets people so much. I don't get and it I don't either. get it. Like, I really don't so know. There's so many other words that should upset people. And those same people uh, that are upset by the word moist, not upset by those other words. Like character. There's what? no K in that word. Or like the way you say Star Trek. Yeah. St- Star Trek? Yeah. You, I, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Sensors. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep. That was a next level joke. That was a next level joke. I loved it. I loved right. it. We'll get to that. I actually have a question about that scene. Oh, here okay. in a moment. I have the blurb for this week's Lower Decks episode up. Hit me with the blurb. Blurb me. All right. Episode four. Moist vessel. Captain Freeman seeks the ultimate payback after Mariner blatantly disrespects her in front of the crew. A well-meaning, a well-meaning Tindy accidentally messes up a lieutenant's attempt at spiritual ascension and tries to make it right. We get a Tindy mm. plot. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. And <laughs> takes the background and Rutherford kind of barely shows up. Yeah. We has got, like a scene. This is a Mariner-Tindy episode, which is cool. I, mean, I think it is something that I have complained about over the past few episodes is how Tindy has been marginalized, but... I don't know how many seasons the show is going to run for. At I really least don't. two. <laughs> but yeah. I probably wasn't giving the show its fair shake in terms of how it's you know going to give its character screen time because I've seen every episode of Next Generation. Uh, I've seen every episode of TOS. So like I know which episode's going to be which. Like I know who's going to be getting character development or getting screen time. So it's it's interesting when you're watching a new show to be like. Like, why would they introduce this character and then never have her in a plot? Oh, this is a plot <laughs> with her in it. Perfect. Right, right. Great. Th- this is a little different than our normal episodes of B-roll. We, uh, I didn't. I don't take any notes for these only because I don't want to. But our normal, I guess you should say our normal procedure is uh, we do any spoilering, kind of talk about the thing that we watched in terms of its existence in a, in the medium, give any interesting factoids, and then do a plot breakdown and then decide if it was good or not, and then sometimes we sprinkle a little stuff in at the end. But this is a completely different format. So I'm just going to ask you up front, did you like this episode? Was this a good episode? This was a good episode, for sure. I think I'm going to say something. I think this is the most 
quote-unquote Trek episode that we've watched so far? I thought the same. Okay. <laughs> so much so that I had to think back to the last episode. But no, this episode is very much, I think, the most Trek, quote-unquote Trek episode. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, I don't want to say there's qualifications for that, but there's a whole idea of Star Trek existing, like, as a place or as a thing. You know what I mean? Like, th- yeah, but yeah. the solution to this problem that they encounter, we can do a really spin cycle plot breakdown. The Cerritos is partnering with a ship called the Merced. Ironically, uh, Merced is also another unremarkable city in California. I guess I'll just you know, just remove that from my list of fun facts. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so they are partnering with the Merced, which is captained by a Tellarite. Right? Yeah. That's who this guy is? Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Nice little throwback. We don't see enough Tellarites. <laughs> that's probably for the best. Well, I complained about it, this before. Where are all the Tellarite and, Tellarites and Andorians? Andorians, yeah. excuse me? Andorians, yeah. How hard is it to paint people in blue and stick antenna on their head? Jeez, come on. Come on, Star Trek. Anyways, they find a ship full of a, a I guess, a matter, a form of matter, which is bioengineered. Is bioengineerical? It's terraforming fluid. Genesis yeah, fluid. They, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, this Genesis. What's that? They find it. Uh, the ship full of vats. All the crew that was originally on the ship is dead. They passed away long ago. Beckett gets promoted to lieutenant because the captain's trying to kick her off the ship. Hijinks happen. The bio, uh, the uh, terraforming liquid gets sucked up through the um, tractor the, uh, beam. Tractor beam. Yeah. Well, it's yeah tractor beam. It covers the ship terraforms the ship uh and then they use paracene gas and uh radiation from the deflector dish to reverse the process and everything goes back to normal that's the a story and the b story is tindy is supposed to be visiting someone who is going to be ascending to a higher plane of existence (laughs) manages to screw it up and along the way she helps that person ascend and we all learn a little bit about ourselves and about the koala that the universe rests upon (laughs) Is it that's totally like a, a Terry Pratchett thing, right? You've read all the you've read Discworld, right? I I no, no. Oh, okay. Well, apparently that is a direct reference to Discworld, which is a fictional land in Terry Pratchett's uh no, I'm sorry. 4X is a fictional land in Terry Pratchett's Dis- Discworld series of fantasy novels that is clearly influenced by Australian culture. And apparently there's a gigantic koala on which the world rests. If it's influenced by Australian <laughs> culture that makes total sense <laughs> yeah no I, I think it was definitely the most trek of the episodes that we've watched so far yeah we've already talked about the genesis fluid but the like the ship being terraformed i couldn't remember the name of the episode but masks do you remember this episode where they find that library and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. data acts weird for 45 minutes i'm glad you mentioned <laughs> the part of the library first because that second <laughs> half didn't narrow it down at all oh he just he just does a bunch of different voices but yeah so we got a bigger look at tendy's character how do you feel about tendy i still like her she's more of a well, i don't want to say more of a but like you're definitely seeing like the neuroticism that exists she's probably borderline ocd like her insistence on everybody liking her uh that's got to be a personality issue right like that's a mental thing maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> weren't you telling me so fe- you were telling me, yeah, and I, I Googled it. Uh, so you were telling okay. me that the female Orions uh, have like some sort of pheromone that could impact other species to make them like them. Supposedly, they, they get more adrenaline a, or something like that. They can excrete a pheromone that 
makes men do their bidding. Something along those lines. So maybe she's yeah. not using that and she's just trying to deal with, hmm? she's acclimating maybe a little bit. I mean, Possibly. it's all just a joke and I'm reading too much into it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. The Enterprise crew learned that at least some Orion women were capable of emitting a highly potent pheromone that could impact the physiologically the physiology of other species. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, who knows? You know, who knows? Because you were asking in the first episode why they were even letting her on the ship, which was, by well, the they, way, xenophobic as hell. But no, it's not xenophobic as much as it is proper procedure. If you've no. got someone on board your ship who can possibly influence the actions of other people, that's not xenophobic. <laughs> that's what, what are you talking about? No, it's xenophobic. <laughs> no, it's not. They should know and be able to to understand and react. I'm just, I don't know. Hey, hey, look, I'm man, not. I'm, I'm not about to have this argument. I have no idea. <laughs> look, how many times did Data take over the Enterprise? Uh, half dozen. Yeah. Why is he still on the ship? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It's a very good question. I don't know. My favorite joke or my favorite reference in this episode is from the Tindy subplot when she's talking to Rutherford about. They're gonna. She's gonna go watch an ascension. She's super excited. She's never seen anyone or known anyone who's ascended to a higher plane of existence, or become a being of pure energy. And Rutherford's, oh, you mean like a Q or like a <laughs> or like a A the Traveler? Um, I really a, hope A the Traveler. <laughs> the Traveler is a species. I think it was great. I really hope that no Q shows up in in this show. I hate Q. Yeah, hate him. Hate him. Absolutely think... ruins the fun of Star Trek. Uh, so I disagree. There's some interesting Q stories. There's some not interesting Q stories. I think it all depends on how you use him. Do you think if Nemesis hadn't ended it, we would have gotten a Q-centric movie? Or at least a movie that had Q in it? Uh, no. No. I don't. All right. I mean, all the movies just... seem to, for the T, the TNG movies seem to expand on something from the show, right? They fought Klingons. Really, Generations is, is a bad example because it's also just they were trying to do an original series story, but with the new crew. Ugh. First Contact has the Borg in it and some time travel insurrections dealing with the Federation's dealing with the fallout from the Dominion War, fighting everyone else, essentially. They deal with the Romulans and Nemesis, so I just know who was left. Hmm. Um, More Klingons, I guess. Let's just keep <laughs> fighting them for eternity. No, I mean, they could have... There's all sorts of ways that the TNG movies could have gone. But do you think it was on the list of ideas, a Q movie? I mean, probably. I'm glad it didn't exist. I don't know. It's just, I like, I, I'm not out here trying to say that uh, it's not possible that beings exist on a higher plane and they would be able to manipulate the matter and the reality around them by the snap of their fingers. I feel like it's going to sound dumb, but when you're trying to base a show in realism <laughs> uh, no i get that i get that which is it just disrupts like and, and there's the q there's a lot of q episodes that are great but i just i just hate q and it's sure it's, it's not it's not delancey i mean he's great in stargate and he's great in everything else that he does it, i just don't like the idea of some guy showing up and saying yeah i'm gonna mess with the the crew of the starship and then just snaps yeah. his fingers a bunch of times <laughs> you don't have anything against beings with maybe psychic abilities or some sort of like some as long as they can have they can have higher powers for lack of a better term or what we would call superpowers but it's all kind of bound in science and you feel like q just breaks all the rules because he can do whatever he wants no I, it, it just takes the seriousness like it just for me it just kills the immersion i guess if that would make sense 
That makes sense. Yeah. Like when he when he transports them to another to like some random planet and then Riker has to fight a guy in like Napoleon's army. I mean, isn't right. Q the reason we <laughs> they got introduced to the Borg? Yeah. All those deaths yeah. aren't him. So <laughs> What's that one dude? The guy who's a Dowd? I am a Dowd. I I don't know. Uh, he's from the first season. Hold on. Yeah. I it's so I'm it's so hard to rewatch the first season. <laughs> Kevin Uxbridge. Yeah, he's a Dowd, uh, which is essentially like a Q. He just mm. he has the ability to make things happen. Like he he like kills the Husnak, and he's like, and I killed them, and not just the ones attacking. I killed all of them. It's <laughs> like a bunch of a bunch of people. So that sounds familiar. Yeah. Other than that, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. There's a couple references that I really enjoyed. Obviously, the Genesis liquid. That's fun. oh sure sure. <laughs> We'll talk about how that generation ship makes no sense here in a, whenever you're ready, but yeah. Were you talking about how the fluid doesn't transform the containers? No, I'm completely fine with that. Oh, because as we learned about Bose Einstein particles, <laughs> how they were kept at bay by iron and what was the other thing? Cer- Porcelain? Ceramic. Yeah. Ceramic, yeah. Yeah, ceramic. So, I mean, it makes sense. No, they called it a generation ship, but a generation ship is where or at least my understanding of a generation ship, is where we go man the ship, and it's going to take three, four generations to get where we're going. So eventually, like, my great-grandkids and their kids will get to wherever we're going, right? Right. But this ship was full of people that were in cryo or stasis or what have somatic sleep, whatever. Right. Which is not a generation ship. It's just a cryo sleep ship which is very well, different i think they just got the terminology wrong because i think like, well yeah I, I just were... don't expect them to because it's star trek you know what i'm yeah, saying a, a, a sleeper ship would probably be something yeah yeah so that had a little, a little issue with that it looked cool it looked like a um oh, it's gonna sound so nerdy it, it looks like a, a you never played a game called warframe did you yeah very very little oh okay i'm going to send you a picture right now oh yeah a little bit yeah. Well, I mean, these ship. things are based on, they're, they're kind of based on like, you know, the movie Akira, like future, yeah, future yeah. technology kind of. But yeah, that's what the ship reminded me of. <laughs> I also liked um, having to clean out the holodeck. <laughs> why, why are you cleaning out the holodeck? <laughs> uh, not even. <laughs> what, go, what goes on in the holodeck? It needs to be cleaned. Huh? Uh, uh, I mean, I think that's a funny joke. I also think that the holodeck is self-cleaning. It takes whatever's in there and turns it into, like, the next time you get holographic food, just think about what it was before it was reconstituted. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the tractor beam, doesn't the tractor beam use the same technology, right? Look, here's the thing, man. We can't get too in-depth on Star Trek, (laughs) like, hologram and transporter and tractor beam technology, or else the whole universe just falls on its head. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. They're just, man, one starship should be able to take out a planet. Anyways, <laughs> Mariner in the opening with her yawning obnoxiously. I thought that was too much. Even for her, I was just like, God, just calm down. The, especially since like the whole generation ship and the discoveries they found are pretty cool that she's just going out of her way to upset her mother. Yeah. <laughs> who The captain. The captain. Yeah. Who has... In this episode, in my mind, finally, like a hundred percent, established herself as a narcissistic leader. <laughs> well, you kind of got to be to be a captain, right? No, Ransom comes up with an idea. She repeats the idea, and he goes, "Yeah, great idea, Captain." Well, I but, mean, that's that's it. That is the cliche of cliches. It is. It is. But it's <laughs> narcissism. 
out of a Starfleet captain, it actually made me appreciate Ransom a little bit. Because I was like, oh, he's he knows how to deal with her. Like, he understands how to work his boss. Speaking of Ransom, was he hitting on the ensign or lieutenant that was standing behind him on the bridge? Yeah. Who Was that a Klingon? No, I don't think it was a Klingon. No. She had head ridges. I think we've seen her before, but she doesn't have Klingon head ridges. Lots of Hmm. things have head ridges. I mean, how many different versions of Klingons have I seen? (laughs) Three? Four. You count the half Klingons. So who knows? Yeah, maybe. No, he's hitting on her. He's talking about his peninsula. <laughs> the Iberia? Was it the Iberia Peninsula? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Iberian, yeah. Iberian. There you go. <laughs> and did you notice that they, they promoted Mariner to did I? lieutenant instead of lieutenant? Like she skipped a half pip. She went to a full gold pip, full lieutenant. Oh, I mean, I noticed, but I didn't think anything of it. Like, cause don't you have to be like a, don't you have to be a full blown lieutenant to like be in on senior staff meetings? I guess. I think like that's a, probably why they did small. it. That's probably why they did it. It's just interesting. Never seen anyone skip ranks before, <laughs> to my knowledge. <laughs> Unless it's like a, a brevet. Unless it's more like they reinstated right? her. Like maybe she was a lieutenant before. Mm. All the, de- <laughs> the demotions. No, I did like how we actually got to see the captain and Beckett in action. Oh yeah. Together. They're very similar. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> she's a very, very overbearing parent. Just like, they're in the middle of all this, and she's like, "Don't you sure you want that rock?" Yeah, you going. Mariner going doesn't do a hundred percent what she thinks she should do or what should happen, and suddenly it's the worst. Yeah, it's and just a like, horrible parent, man. Just a horrible parent, horrible captain, horrible parent. She's like, "You're going too fast." Well, I thought speed was of the essence. <laughs> what was the character's name from Thirty Twenty Two? The horrible mom. I mean, I don't remember her being horrible, but... She was. Uh, <laughs> she abandoned her kid on Earth for 10 years. <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah, sure. The drug addict. Yes, yes, yes. So, the, uh, so Captain Freeman, Carol Freeman, is uh, as bad as both those characters combined. I said it. <laughs> but done to comedic effect, so... I like that they did different uh, colors on the te- on the Tellarite ship, the Merced. Like, they on the outside it. and the inside. It has a... Has a Blue stripes instead of mm. the ops gold. I did not notice. And that. the bridge was a little darker. I did see that. I also saw less people on their bridge, so that was cool. <laughs> I also liked the dude who had a one man show, the United Federation <laughs> of. <laughs> if I recall, they mentioned in a interview that it has the gold or yellow stripe because it's an ops ship, so it's colored that way. So I'm thinking that the okay. Merced is a science vessel of some kind, which makes sense since it's dealing with this yeah, liquid. A, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Neato Skeeto. That's just a little bit of lore there. Just a little bit. <laughs> you know? Uh, the best joke is, like you already said, the best joke. <laughs> Tandy directly references the Temerians, who are the Darmok Angelot at Tanagra people. Apparently they have to have bugs. For their ascension ritual? Yeah, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> a little. <laughs> the ins- the insects that bite. <laughs> what do they say when they release them? Oh, also, <laughs> Professor Moriarty. Yeah, I, I missed that reference the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I how he says it. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> They're like, we got it. We got you. We got you. <laughs> so in the in the end, when the, when the Admiral is saying censors... Do you think that Captain Freeman knew that he was saying was saying it wrong and was deliberately saying it back to him as a joke, oh. like to get him to keep saying it? Or do you think oh. she was just 
bootlicking so hard. Because he even says it. He's like, are you making fun of me for mispronouncing things when he, when everybody knows I mispronounce things? <laughs> like, he says it out loud. Oh, like, it's yeah. got to be in the brief, right? I guess, yeah. Like, you're some, some adjutant or something for a captain, you know, the person who does all their scheduling or whatever for the day. And then you're like, oh, hey, by the way, this admiral's coming on board. He mispronounces things a lot, so don't mention it to him. <laughs> No, maybe. Are make, maybe. Are you making fun of me? I thought that one was great. <laughs> <laughs> this episode didn't have a cold open either. Or it kind of did, but it led to the main episode. I think it's the first one that does that. I mean, I think all cold... What are you talking about? This is the first... What do you mean? Is this not the first cold open that just goes right into the main story? I think that happens a, a lot, though. This show's had oh, four you, episodes. Oh, for, for just this happen show. happen a lot. no. No, no, I just meant like... Oh, yeah, in a, like, a lot. I meant in this episode, because that's what we're talking about, Christopher. In, in this series. Okay. Yes. I was like, I was like, no. not, I was like, cold opens regularly reference the things in the episode that they're talking about. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. And this and this. Like, this is our, this is our first story that lasts the full episode. Yeah. From the opening minute to the end. Yeah. Doesn't have that closing, a closing joke. Not really. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I was, I was thinking back and I wonder if... If episode one didn't have that cold open and, and just stretched everything else out an extra two or three minutes, if it would have felt better. You know what I mean? Hmm. Well, With how in terms of frantic it was. Well, in terms of the episode itself, on IMDb, 7.4 stars based on 34 reviews. Yeah. Last week's episode is still at 6.4. Yeah. Hmm. The main series is still sitting at, or the overall, the show is still sitting at a median of seven. Interesting. I, I still, I think people complaining about things are just, <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> well, so this is going to sound, I don't want to say disingenuous. This is going to sound contradictory because on our mainline podcast, we regularly watch and review the pilot episode for television. Oh, shows. we do. That's true. Yeah. And when we judge the show on that episode so it's funny like i was looking through some of the reviews earlier today and i found one which this person watched the first episode and they wrote what a missed opportunity i watched one episode in the season preview so things could change i hope they do <laughs> i guess i just want to know what people when when people write those types of reviews and they go ah this was disappointing well what would they have done differently what were they expecting you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's another one. The original Star Trek had a vision. This is the death of that vision. STD ah. helped lower my expectations for Star Trek, but nothing could have prepared me for this dumpster fire. This is a show that's trying to be something it shouldn't be for an audience that doesn't exist. The audience exists. Obviously. What I mean by that is another famous sci-fi franchise that we have talked about ad nauseum on our podcast is Star Wars. Now, if this person writes a 2 out of 10 star review... For Star Trek Discovery, how do they feel about Lego Star Wars? How do they feel about the, I don't want to say the childrificate, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? But just like the milking uh, an intellectual property for all it's worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You may not like Star Trek Discovery. That's not the show's fault. That's your fault. If you don't like something, that's not always the problem with what you're not enjoying. Sure. I, mean, I had. I could see where well, you're coming from. Well, I had I had expectations. I don't think I the show met the ex- my expectations, but at least in the first episode. But as the show has gone on, I have warmed to it significantly because I let those expectations go. Holding on to you know whatever it is, it's pointless. Yeah, you may not like an animated comedy about an intellectual property that you like, 
Cool. I, I get your point. And one day we'll have our argument about how I don't believe that Star Wars is actually sci-fi. But today's probably not that day. It is sci-fi no. adjacent. It is sci-fi adjacent. <laughs> it is not sci-fi. No, I mean, we can have that argument whatever you want. It's it's called space fantasy. That's what that genre is called. Yeah, sure. So. No, it's no, no it I'm, I'm saying I said sure, Chris. <laughs> you, what you know, part of me going it. sure made you think I was being argumentative? The, no, no, no. You didn't say sure. You said sure. <laughs> I just make it up genres. It's just fantasy, man. It's just fantasy. That's okay. Yeah, no, oh, I, I think this show has definitely gotten better. You know, it's, I think it's because there's there's more to watch and you actually get to see more of the stuff. You know what I mean? Like when we talked yeah, about yeah. Mariner and the captain, what are the odds that the captain was exactly like Mariner? Like stubborn, headstrong, you know, had a problem with authority and then somehow managed to become a captain. I'm expecting that quote-unquote twist maybe to occur at some point i actually don't think it uh, will but why not i don't think she was i think i think yeah. mariner's the way she is because she's the opposite of her she's rebelling against whatever that is that that mold they've put themselves that they're trying to put on her like i think mariner right. wants her mother and i guess her father to approve of her but she refuses to change for that approval right i have a hard time thinking that captain freeman <laughs> just the narcissistic individual that she is was ever ever had issues with authority like Mariner does. Or if she did, they went away very, very quickly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I think. She was this way when she was younger, and then for whatever reason, she's no longer like that. Captain Jean-Luc Picard was stabbed in the heart and had to get an artificial one because he got into a fist fight with a bunch of Nausicans because they accused his friend of cheating. And there's an entire episode dedicated to him realizing who he was makes him who he is because he goes back in time and changes it and his life's completely different. Right. It's a good episode, by the way. I like That's that what episode. I'm thinking is that the captain, maybe she wasn't the, you know, flagrant, disobedient person she her daughter is. Right, but she to a lesser had, extent. She probably had a wild side and then for whatever reason, Starfleet straightened her out and now she's just gone so far in the other direction. Like she's leaned way too hard into being a Starfleet officer, probably because she reached the rank of captain. Well, and the Tellarite captain's very similar to her. The Tellarite captain suffers from Tellarite pride, which is something that happens to all of them. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're just the, the similarities between the two of them and the fact that they served together previously. Maybe something happened on the Illinois. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. Yeah. So are we, to, uh, are we to expect that, since this is the California-class ship, that there was, in fact, a ship called the California? Maybe. Well, you notice that the so the, both of the ships we've met are named after cities in California, which okay. is interesting. And the shuttlecraft that we saw, the Yosemite, yep. Death Valley, mm-hmm. they're all places. Or uh, one other one was like Redwood. You know, they're all natural formations or trees or whatever from California. So sure, yeah. I don't know. It's cool, but it also is a in direct opposition to my point from last week about how I like when Star Trek is a lot less human centric. So not only is this human-centric, it's American-centric. <laughs> so it's like another layer, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think that's probably just... I mean, they know their audience. They know their audience. They know what's going on. <laughs> it's probably just one of those things where they're just... What, I'm probably sure the animation studio is in California. Because I would do stuff like that, you know? If I, oh, if sure. I had my own oh, sure. television series, I would reference things that I've known. I just wonder what the next ship's going to be called. What's another inconsequential or unremarkable city in California? Nah, Bakersfield. That, you know? <laughs> no alameda that's what the next one's gonna be called <laughs> speaking of alameda i read a thing the other day so 
in Star Trek for the last Star Trek comedy, as you so delicately put it, that extra who responds to Chekhov actually had to be registered as an actor because extras don't have speaking roles, so they don't have they don't have a SAG card. So when he asked, "Is it, have you seen the nuclear vessels?" and she's like, "Oh yeah, they're in Alameda." Apparently, before they could release the movie. They yeah, had to like get, yeah. get her a SAG card and pay her a different rate. That's cool. <laughs> all all because she improvised the line. Oh man, no good for her. Uh, Make yeah. that money. Push the envelope. <laughs> yeah, no. I just wonder what the next city will be. Uh, the next uh, ship will be called. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I think this is once again my favorite episode. <laughs> it's close because the O'Brien reference in the last episode was top notch. I think that'll be my favorite joke. It'll be really, really hard to beat that joke. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sensors was pretty good. <laughs> Sensors was pretty good, but it's no Chief O'Brien at work joke. I'm pretty sure that is a, that is a way to say censors. <laughs> oh, I didn't uh, Spock say it that way? Probably. I mean, now like that I, I said, I think it's it, just, I, it, that's what I'm saying. Like they're making fun of, they're not just making fun of the Admiral. They're making fun of all of these people. <laughs> Sensors, yeah. Do you know who Spock is? <laughs> yeah, I know who Spock is. He came back from the dead. Uh, yeah. No, I like this episode. Um, I know you've said it like 60 times. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know what they're going to call the next ship. Turlock. Are you looking at California on Google Maps right now? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Turlock. Oh, man. That sounds like a Vulcan name. Hmm. Anyways, well, yeah, are, man. I think it was my favorite episode as well. Cool. <laughs> did you watch the preview for the next episode, or did you just not do that? I don't do that. I like to be surprised. Why? I like to be surprised. Hmm. Fair enough. I don't watch trailers for things I know I'm going to watch. Does that make sense? No. Which part of my sentence didn't make sense? I just don't understand why you don't watch trailers for things that you're going to enjoy or interact with. Because trailers are notorious for showing things I don't want them to show. Oh, I see. And I, I'm I see. very easily pulled out of my uh, suspension of disbelief. Mm, that's fair. So I just don't do it or try not to not anyways. Fair. Not fair. For me, when it comes to trailers, since they're usually only like two or three minutes long, I always forget whatever's in them. Or at least I've I've mentally trained my mind to just ignore whatever occurs in the trailer. I didn't watch that movie because I used the best jokes in the trailer. Well, how do you know they were the best jokes if you didn't see the movie? Yeah, maybe. Know. Like maybe. I the trailers tr- do what they're supposed to do on me. They either excite me or they decite me. Right, but they it's either like, make. Go but ahead. like, I didn't see a single trailer for Star Trek Nine, or excuse me, for Star Wars Nine, because I'm going to watch it. I don't care to see a trailer because <laughs> I'm going to watch it. If I watch the trailer and the trailer upsets me, I'm still going to watch the movie. If I watch the movie and the trailer gets me excited, I'm still going to watch the movie. Either way, in either of those scenarios, it's better to not have those expectations and just go watch the movie. I didn't watch any trailers for Endgame. None. I might have seen a teaser like in the theater. You know, I don't remember. So if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to know like um, some things, I guess some things that I don't care about. So like I watched the trailer for the Batman that just got released because there's no way they're showing me enough. You know, like it's Batman. Like I'm not going to get surprised. You know what I mean? (laughs) In this in this version of Batman, yeah, Bruce Wayne dies. Oh, you know, <laughs> like there's actually... nothing nothing there to ruin. But like Ant Man, I saw that trailer a lot because they played it a lot at the theater that I went to. And there is there's a couple of jokes that when I saw them in the action, when I went and saw the actual movie, the rest of the theater, everybody else, at least it felt like everybody else is laughing at those jokes. I'm like, yeah, I know these. They did that that scene in the trailer. I saw in every version of it. 
you know so it has it has impacted it so no i'm not going to watch the the preview for next week because it's not going to do anything for me that's uh, fair i was just wondering i think you've no you mentioned that before and i just never asked why so i don't like it no that's fair anyways that was a a big to do (laughs) i don't have anything to add about this episode the only thing that i i would say that i didn't like is when mariner is lubing the She's lubing the turbo lift, uh, <laughs> which that's that's great. I didn't like how Shax just casually disregarded that sign that said, you know, out of order. What are you doing, man? He's I don't know. I feel like that's like a that's little a out of marshable offense. He could have killed her. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, but they also don't need to lube the turbo lift. So the whole scene is just a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to get headlighter fluid. Yeah. And some elbow grease. <laughs> Did you ever send somebody to get headlighter fluid? No, no, man. I'm paying those people by the hour. I need them to to work. I think I did that to a new person once. I told them to go to sales to get something, and they went over there, and everyone was like, what are you talking about? And they came back. and I actually think I got in trouble for doing that. So, No, is that why you got fired? No. (laughs) (laughs) I got got fired because I had a mind of my own. That's why I got fired. Oh, well, you know, Uh, (laughs) no comment. Well, I, I think we have formally gone off the rails. More than once. Probably not talking about Star Trek at all anymore at this point. So, oh, are we supposed to be talking about Star Trek? <laughs> that'll do it for me. Will that do it for you? I've said it like four times already. Fair enough. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, differing opinions, aligning opinions, feel free to email us at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. We'd really appreciate it if you went on iTunes, gave us a five-star review, And if you actually write something in your review and not just give us five stars, we will read it on the podcast. Also, please check us out on Twitter at B underscore roll podcast. We post whenever we release episodes. Sometimes you do a little bit of a teaser. You know, you can find out what we're going to release usually the day before. And you can also follow us on Instagram at sci-fi wise guys. We do the same thing there. And if for whatever reason you're still using Facebook, the B-roll podcast group on Facebook, And we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B underscore roll. If you do decide to become patrons, please know that everything goes towards just making our podcast better, pays for hosting fees, better equipment, better software. Actually, I think you tweeted about it today about how uh, we released the final episode of your old mic. Yes. Uh, And so now now all episodes going forward will be squeaky clean. Oh, better. And we also release episodes early on Patreon, as well as patron-specific content. Behind-the-scenes stuff, we call it Out of Pod, where you can listen to the, I'm just going to say it, the genesis of our podcast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You made a reference joke. (laughs) I think that's it. Yeah. Do all the plugs. Yeah, I I had the checklist over here, for sure. (laughs) You don't have a checklist. Shut up. (laughs) You made that checklist. Didn't did you make, make a checklist? checklist? I don't know. I did make the checklist. I've yeah. totally looked at that checklist. <laughs> we just want to say thanks for everyone out there who's listening. We actually just released on this day, 8-27-2020, our 20th episode. Yeah. That's a big deal for me. I didn't have to edit any of them. Thanks, Anthony. You're welcome. Just the fact that anyone out there listens, downloads, subscribes, whatever, definitely makes me feel better. Samesies. <laughs> Samesies, that's all you got. Uh, Fair enough. Well, all right. You, you got it. You, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I just want to uh, thank everyone again. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. It's 2020. We're, what, three, what, four more months away? Oh, no, three. We're three more months. No, it is four, right? 
September, October. Yeah, it's four months away. We're almost to the end of the finish line. Just want everyone to stay safe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Technically, the upper decks was your idea, so you get to start us. I thought we were sl- switching back and forth. I did last no, I week's. Think, I think I do all of them. So I did last week's. <laughs> yeah, but when... No. Yeah, I did, because I made us do the cold open bit. No, no that, that's not what I meant. No. Oh. <laughs> As I've listened to our podcast, I feel like I do a lot of the intros. And I'm not complaining. No, I, I yeah, just want, I know. I just want you to be aware of that. So I know. But, I'm fine with it. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure there wasn't a problem. I didn't want no. you to be resent, resentful or something. No. So. I mean, I'll, I give you this because, you know, I'm a fan favorite. So I'll give you a little more screen time. <laughs> Fair enough.